I'm Don Landry. I'm Bill Hayes. This week on The Gist of It, Bill just wants to help you. Help you quit smoking, for starters. Maybe he's MacGyvered up some kind of a patch or something in a get-rich-quick scheme. We'll find out. The lunatics have run the asylum long enough. Are the sands of Toronto politics shifting to the middle? How much coffee is enough? Timmy's introduces a 24-ounce cup. Careful as you put it in your cup holder. Spill it, you could drown in your own car. Would you eat a glory hole donut? Don't answer now. We'll have the story for you. And the Golden Globes disappoint. So do the Packers and Saints, as a matter of fact. But this podcast will not. The Liberal Party has officially added legalizing marijuana to its party platform. You know what? Sounds like they held their meeting behind my high school cafeteria. Politics, sports, entertainment, pop culture. It's all fair game here. Somewhere in the city of Toronto, two brains are about to collide. What will remain is the gist of it. Here now are Don Landry and Bill Hayes. Don, today is Weedless Wednesday. It doesn't appear to me to be as high profile a day as it has been in the past, but that may be a good thing. I don't have any numbers handy, but it appears to me that less and less people are smoking. There are some figures that should encourage smokers to quit. According to the Canadian Council for Tobacco Control, children whose parents smoke are four times more likely to smoke. Secondhand smoke isn't only harmful to other people, but also to pets. Research indicates that if a husband or wife quits smoking, the likelihood that the spouse smokes decreases by 70%. When a friend quits, the likelihood that another friend would smoke decreased by 35%. With a co-worker, it's 30%. A sibling, 25%. So quitting smoking doesn't only benefit the smoker. If you're quitting, try this. Write down why you're quitting along with your concerns about smoking. Learn what to expect. Quitting is tough. Determine if you need special medication or stop smoking aids. Get help from family and friends in the form of encouragement. Learn your smoking triggers and patterns and be ready for temptation. Make a commitment to quit and reward yourself when you do. The truth is, you'll quit when you really want to. I know, I quit 55 times. So, really want to, and good luck. Wait a minute, I thought Wikipedia was down today. I mean, <laughs> this is at least step what? You just knew this Dr. Hayes? No, where did you get I'm it? I'm way past Wikipedia, Don. Uh, I, well, I found another site, actually. Let, let me ask you this, you know what, and I'll get back on topic. One of my favorite things to do is to get off topic almost right away. Sure. Um, have we turned this podcast into, like, Bill's helpline? Because I'm actually not against that. You've led off here with trying to help people quit sure. smoking. Mm-hmm. And, Public and service, this, really. We've been looking for some kind of, like, a lightning rod that would really gel this podcast together. And maybe a weekly feature of... Bill helps would be a good idea. I'll tell you what, drop me a line here at the website, donlandry.com. Don at donlandry.com. Give me your questions, your problems with life. I'm going to give them to Bill on a weekly basis. We'll try and answer. So, are you in for this? It's a great idea. You're the yeah, Abby, well, you're the, the Ann Landry. Here's of the, the thing. You, you got to understand, I can help with some stuff. There's others, like how do you wear high heels? I got no no clue. Oh, I'll can't help you, you with that. I'll bet I you have do worn platform you. shoes, but that's not the same thing. It really isn't. <laughs> While you were spinning disco tunes at the time, and you you kind of had to, right? Sadly, All right, true. Back onto the topic. I I don't have a lot of sympathy for smokers. One, I think one point you made is a very salient one about the spouse quitting. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad both smoked heavily, and then my dad had to quit, and he quit, and mom quit. She did. Like they both quit. And again, they smoked heavily and they quit cold turkey because they were told, you're killing yourself. This Mm -hmm. is back in the 70s, late 70s, maybe Mm -hmm. early 80s. 
and they were able to do it. So I look at them and I go, yes, they smoked packs every day and they quit cold turkey and they pulled it off. So you can smoke. I have very little sympathy for people. We know it's going to kill you. We know it's expensive. And you're pissing off your friends who, who don't smoke because you know, they don't want to be around that kind of thing. They love you very much. But so I, I can't really get to a place where I have a lot of sympathy for people. It's bad for you. It's costing you money. Just quit. That's all there is. But the problem with that, it makes perfect sense. Logic is not part of this. An addiction has nothing to do with logic. Quitting smoking, and believe me, I'm, I'm not kidding. I tried to quit an awful lot. It was when I finally really wanted to. And I can't really differentiate all the other times when I thought I wanted to. I've quit for 20 years now. And it's great. I, I never want to have a cigarette. Right. I, I never have the urge anymore. But I'll tell you, it was very difficult when I first did it. It took quite a while before that urge really went away. But the thing was, mentally, I was finally prepared. It's not so easy to go cold turkey, yeah. I don't think. Okay. You know, I, I, that is not, it's, it's something that I have thought about. And um, maybe I'm just attacking it from the wrong position here. And maybe there's just something I'm not getting about that. I smoked myself mm -hmm. when I was in high school and into college. And I started, you know, why do kids do it? They want to be cool. It's not like... It's going to do anything for you uh, physically. It's just oh, it fact, is it's going not to make, for you to you. It's going to make you sick the mm -hmm. first time you do it, probably. And so I just wanted to be cool. I smoked for a bit. It, I didn't really get much out of it, and so I quit after being a smoker for a couple of years, and I found it easy to do. So again, that probably informs my position of I don't have much sympathy for you, but I get that I might be missing something about the addictive properties of nicotine because. We say, you know, we're addicted to things, maybe a bit too much in today's society, but I, I may have some kind of an addiction to chocolate. And it was last year when I was told, because I have an allergy to cane sugar and dairy, and I didn't know all of this, you got to cut out chocolate bars. And I'm proud to say that I quit chocolate bars, cold turkey, from a guy who ate one pretty much every day. And I got through a month pretty easily without eating a chocolate bar, but I, it never really went away. I never... I didn't get to the point where, hey, I don't need chocolate anymore. And now I'm back to eating a lot of chocolate. So, you know, um, free association, talking out loud, trying to come to a new conclusion. Maybe I'm now realizing just at this moment, Bill, that uh, my lack of sympathy for smokers is, is misplaced. Look at that. You're helping smokers. You've helped me too. This has to be a weekly feature. You're helping so many people already. I've turned you around so quickly. Give me five more minutes. I'll have you lighting up. Bill, this is a great day and one I'd hoped for, but was pessimistic about ever seeing again. The center, the moderates, rule the day, or at least a portion of it, down at Toronto City Hall. Led by, or probably more accurately, through Councillor Josh Cole's omnibus bill to reject some of Rob Ford's cuts from this year's budget, some very important programs have been saved or at least kept on life support for 2012. Now, Rob Ford wanted $50 million in spending cuts, he said, He'd settle for $30 million. The left side wanted, I think, zero and perhaps even a little increased in spending. Something strange and wonderful happened on the way through the UFC-like battle that we're so often subjected to at all levels of politics. Compromise! What's that? Somewhere between 15 and $20 million bucks returned to the budget for programs such as youth programs in disadvantaged neighborhoods, homeless shelters, keeping arenas and pools open, and reversing transit cuts. You know, spending money on things that help make this or any other city modern, thoughtful, 
and civilized. Ford still claims some victory here because there are cuts to spending. Counselors on the left claim victory because they kept the big bad wolf at bay. But the real winners? Moderates. The vast majority of people who find themselves standing innocently in the middle of the protracted food fight that's been raging between the Lugans on both the hard left and the hard right sides of the political spectrum. Is the sun rising again on conciliation and compromise? I hope so. It's high time. Well, I hope so too. I think you might be reading a little too much into this though. Um, the fact of the matter is it's, it's about time that someone, somewhere, start the whole idea of compromise. And maybe this is just the start of it. But we live in a world where everything has to be determined by winners and losers, including politics. And it's not really the way it should be. You know, you'll see polls, people saying, well, I, I want this guy, I want candidate A, I want candidate B. But in the end, they want the candidate that's going to win. They don't know what he stands for. <laughs> they want to be one of the, on the winning side. <laughs> they want to be a winner, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, you, that kind of thinking has to stop. This stuff really does impact on us, Don, especially at the city hall level. This stuff really is a part of our everyday life. Some of the stuff that's done out of uh, Ottawa doesn't really impact us. I mean, do you really care if they buy an extra helicopter for the military? doesn't really matter to me. But where the libraries are, what the hours are, or anything along those lines, that ha does have some impact on me. And, uh, you know, somewhere, somehow, people have to start looking at this stuff somewhat seriously. Either that or quit bitching. We don't have to be innocent bystanders. We don't have to be victims of this process is my point. It's time. Look, you've got idiots on the left in their trench and idiots on the right in mm -hmm. their trench. And they're hurling stuff over top of us or trying to, but they're hitting us all the time. We're standing in no man's land here and we're just ducking and covering going, what can you do? What can you? No, because the majority of us, I firmly believe in this city, in this province, in this country, are moderates, are people who are in the middle, and we're not being represented because the whole system's been hijacked by those idiots on the right in the trench and the idiots on the left in their trench. We gotta stand up and say, knock it off. Food fight is over. We wanna have things done in a different way. Rather than ducking and covering all the time, he's going, what can I do? I, you know, I, I don't have a hard enough opinion on this or that. I'll let them fight it out. No, we gotta tell them, shut the hell up now and let's have more of this compromise. We need it at all levels of government. It's a great, in my opinion, Canadian tradition. It's how this country was built on caring a little bit about what somebody else thinks and trying to come to some kind of a middle ground. Not everyone's going to be happy. And this is a perfect example. The left is claiming victory. The right is claiming victory. Good. You can all have your victories. Let's be quiet about it now. Note that there was some compromise done here. Not everybody's happy. I'm not completely happy with everything that happened here, but... It's a little better than I thought it was going to be. And I can live with that for another year. And we'll try again next year. This is The Gist of It with Landry and Hayes. Don, while I applaud the idea of conciliation, of some kind of compromise, it's pretty evident to me that that's not going to happen anytime soon. One of the things I see, and I think most of us see, is we've become a very cynical society. Everything we see is impacting on us. Everyone's a victim. I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to pay for that. Let him do that. He's robbing me here. I'm not going to take that. And that's the stuff that has to stop. It has to stop, not necessarily at the level you're talking about, but with everybody individually. You know, we, we keep hearing people say, conservatives and liberals both say the same thing. People have to stand up for themselves. Well, standing up for yourselves, for yourself, means not just getting your point across 
it's me it means actually thinking about things it right. means actually giving thought to stuff and you know what we don't do that no we're spoiled absolutely no, we're spoiled. no one should apologize i'm not i'm not one of those people who thinks you know oh we're we're terrible we're 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 the satanic society because we have so much more than many people on the planet do i'm not saying feel guilty about it but i'm just i think we've lost perspective as a society uh you know and and the great example that usually comes up for me is when there's a snowstorm and the amount of complaining there is when my street hasn't been plowed uh you know it, it like a massive snowstorm hits us and six hours later your street's not clean and you're complaining about it mm-hmm. when i was a kid you know the Streets that get plowed for days sometimes. Guess what? You drove more carefully. You packed it down. Some people did some shoveling themselves. That sort of thing. So I think we've lost perspective on what is what used to be luxurious is now a God-given right. You know what I mean? Like we, we, We've gotten to the so pa- far past this level of, of what we need that what we need has has become something different where a generation ago, it would, you didn't really need that. It'd be nice, but you don't have to. And a perfect example is, I mean, while I applaud the compromise in the Toronto budget, and it's going to help, uh, you know, reduce the, the amount of cutbacks the library system has to deal with. It's going to help with homeless shelters. It's going to help with arts funding, which again, I think is very necessary in a civilized and caring city. There was another item in here um, money was tacked on or saved to continue special mechanical leaf pickup in parts of Etobicoke and Scarborough. Bag your own damn leaves. This is a perfect example of a place where a reasonable person can go, you know what? It's really nice that I just sweep my leaves onto the street and they come and get them. But in other jurisdictions, they bag them and, and put them out for pickup. I, I can do that too. We all need to, at some point, just look within our own world and go, what is reasonable to ask? of me to give up so that I can help out too and get away from what you talked about off the top, which is, it's a valid point because it happens. Not me. Screw you. Yeah. Everything I have is legitimate. Everything you have is illegitimate. Get off this train of thought. It's not that way. But don't you think that that whole argument about the mechanical leaf picking really has very little to do with people in Scarborough or Etobicoke? It has a lot to do with the union. I don't think so. No. I no. I, I absolutely believe because that means jobs. I think the who got a lot of email who said, wait, wait, my, my leaf pickup is going by the wayside. Uh, you have to save that for me. I and don't believe that. It, but, but again, it I'm cynical. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Well, that's fine. But it does stick out like a sore thumb. Some of these other uh, cuts that have been tossed aside, money that has been saved for, for very good programs, I think this sticks out like a sore thumb is something like, you don't need that. So like I said, when we were on News Talk 1010 a couple of weeks ago, remember I said, well, look, I've already figured out where I I can probably pull my weight more, which would be I curl at the Leaside Curling Club. And I don't know if the city's losing money on it. I hope not. I hope they're at least breaking. But even. you can pay a little more. I And I will. And if they said this is, you know, we're, we're cutting the subsidy to Leaside Curling sure. Club, I would go, ah, it's too bad. I'm going to have to pay more for curling. But that seems reasonable. But to isn't me. that really more about user fees? Isn't that? And I have no problem with that. I, I get the idea that if I'm going to use something, take advantage of it, and I have to pay a little more for it, if I have to pay a dollar to go swimming, as an example, I'm all for that. Because yeah. I think one of the things we have to understand is these aren't God-given rights, like you said. you got to pay. The, and, and not necessarily in money. Sometimes you got to pay in stuff you're willing to sacrifice. And... Sadly, as you said, we live in a society that doesn't really have a whole lot of interest in sacrifice. Well, and, and we need to get back to a place, 
I hope we are get going to get back to a place. Again, we need more voices, people to stand up and say, this just isn't working, all right? We, we've got to stop being so fractious. And it doesn't mean, look, I know what people on the right side are going to say, oh, he's talking about a free ride for people. No, but we're talking about, you know, I believe in pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, okay? Mm -hmm. But what if you don't have bootstraps? I'm all for getting people bootstraps. Does that make sense to you? I yeah. Mean, the people who really have nothing, we need to care about them. We should care about them. We shouldn't be legislated into it. We should just care. But well, that's he, kind of the great, the, the greatness of this country. It's always been that. Yeah, way. but here's the problem with that. It's not really a problem. I, I think sometimes what you have to do is look at it differently. Because while I agree that that sounds like the right re reason to, to help people, give them the bootstraps they can pull up, the other side of the coin is if you don't, you're paying in a completely different way anyway. How big does a cup of coffee have to be to be a big enough cup of coffee for you, Bill? Um, I like large, but that's wait, always subject wait, to change. Yeah, but wait, which which large is that? Because Tim Hortons is introducing what the twenty-four ounce cup of coffee is. It now the it's the large. No, it's the extra large. And now the small is now extra small. They they've juggled it around. Point being, the twenty-four ounce cup of coffee. Look at just give me the pot, exactly. all right? If you, and, yeah. you know what? And all of your sugar packets, and a whole box of stir sticks, and every creamer you can give me. All right, I've got a wagon here, so just give me all the coffee you can. What's next? Because it'll never stop, will it? Well, twenty four ounces will become yeah, just a nice big coffee. But you know what? I could probably put more in my gullet. Well, One day we're gonna need a forty ounce coffee, aren't we? Isn't this the the the, the real? Americanization of Tim Hortons. Do we have to supersize everything? I mean, quite seriously, was there something wrong with the sizing before? <laughs> Could you you couldn't get an extra large? Yeah. That's not enough. Didn't come well, on. Didn't it? I'm imagining it's a huge, huge company. They do market study and things where people come in going, you know what? I order a lot of uh, two. Uh, a lot of times I go in and order two extra large coffees. The extra large just isn't big enough. It's there must be a demand for this, right? I guess, but... When was the last time Tim Hortons made a mistake on something? Wow, that's a great it's question. It's been a while, right? Well, apparently they had a mistake. I think they had a problem with the ownership. But a mistake yeah. at the consumer level, I can't recall. Product levels and things like that. I mean, how's the lasagna doing? I mean, they, and once in a while they'll do something and you go, that's weird. Yeah. But people like the lasagna, the people I've talked to. So, but I, I <laughs> what I want is a Tim Hortons coffee backpack. You know, that will strap onto my back, will hold way more than 24 ounces. Mm -hmm. I'm talking 60, 72 ounces of coffee, and it got a tube that comes around and yeah, I no, can that's suck good. on that, and it's thermal, so all day long I can enjoy the freshness and the wonderfulness. Well, here's of the thing. Timmy's. The tube could be just like your arteries. Sugar will get stuck, and eventually you won't get any coffee at all. See, you're thinking even bigger picture than me. That's great. Intravenous. They can be separate. You can mix them all together if you want. I don't care how mm -hmm. many tubes you have going into your body. One with sugar, one with... That's actually better. I thought maybe just one tube with coffee. But I like your idea because then sometimes I want a double-double. Other times I just want the regular. Occasionally I'll put no sugar in there. So you can change on the fly the amount of sugar that's going into this vein, the amount of cream that's going into that vein, and the amount of coffee that's going into that other vein. Brilliant idea, Bill. I did. Every once in a while I stumble upon something, and I got to tell you, that was a stumble. But here's the thing. There has to be something else behind this. It can't simply be about mug size. This has to, I have to believe it has to do with either food sales, yeah. 
donut sales? Because you notice they don't sell as many donuts as they used to. When was it's the last true. time you saw someone take a dozen donuts yeah, out of Tim Hortons? It's true. Well, well, probably because they have really great competition up against them now. Mm -hmm. In the name of Glory Hole Donuts, I stumbled. Speaking of stumbling, stumbling onto this. Where did I stumble onto Glory Hole Donuts? <laughs> Were you looking up Glory Hole and somehow, by some god-awful mistake, donuts came up? What public washroom are they serving donuts in? Uh, it, it's, it's, it, this is uh, hilarious. Uh, I'm read, uh, reading an article online saying, you've got to try a chicken and waffle donut. So I click on it. Chicken and waffle donut sounds weird. It's like the Krispy Kreme bur burger that they had at the end. Yeah, bad idea. And I go, well, who's serving this? And then Glory Hole Donuts, which doesn't have a retail operation in Toronto, but this, this young girl... Uh, operates it clearly she has a very good sense of humor and is very confident i think in her donuts to call them glory hole donuts her name is ashley jacques de Boineau, and she's got a funny blog and if you go to glory hole donuts what is it com or ca it's glory donuts.com you look at the donuts and they look sensational there's a maple bacon oh yeah they look cream. great they really there's do. a warm apple pie donut bill that's wrong served by glory that's hole wrong. Donuts. they got the fried chicken and waffles They've got one that's uh, cotton candy and peanut butter and grape jelly. So I think there are a couple of places where you can buy them, but they'll deliver for you too. I'm to, again, to the, oh my what God. public washroom do you want these delivered to? We'll meet you there. They bring their own cardboard, do they? <laughs> and she writes these good little blogs in there. I haven't tried the donuts. I don't know how good they are, but again, they must be. It's like the Smuckers thing, right? Smuckers. With a name like Smuckers, you know it's got to be good. With a name like Glory Hole Donuts... Well, it answers the question. What you were wondering? How did? Why are donuts shaped like that? Why do they have a hole in the middle? Oh, <laughs> I, I you know found what? out how they do it at Glory Hole. Donuts. How many can you carry, Don? <laughs> it's Phil Hayes and Don Landry, and you're getting the gist of it. Phil, let's talk about movies, and let me start with what I think is the best headline of today. All right. Porn industry threatens to pull out of L.A. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. That's that's only part of the headline. It, it's actually porn industry. <laughs> you might as well have stopped there, headline writer. Porn industry threatens to pull out of L.A. over condom order. Oh God! I see. L.A. wants them to all wear condoms all the time. The porn industry apparently is dead set against this because many of its customers believe. Uh, Bill, you watch a lot of porn. You tell me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, no. Uh, uh, what but, do you mean? You know, a lot of they say a lot of our viewers say no. It just ruins the fantasy. We don't like it. It just uh, it's ooh, it's icky. Look, everything about it is that way. But I, you know what? I I say porn industry. Maybe you got a point. If LA's being, did you try this? Did, did you say to the city of LA? But it's my birthday, baby. Come on. <laughs> Did you try that with L.A.? You, know, you, you know what? Sacramento's pretty skanky. Just go there. and Yeah, well, that's really where it belongs. Too. I think Bakersfield <laughs> might be a better place for it, too. Um, but let's look at some real movies as opposed to those uh, heartbreaks that, in fact, are porn. Yeah, because we were watching the Golden Globes on Sunday. Yeah, and, and, and frankly, I, I was disappointed. i got to tell you, I, I was really looking forward to seeing Ricky Gervais. I thought he was hysterical last year, and I loved the fact that he was hitting on people who never get hit on, and, yeah. and they didn't like it. And you could yeah. tell by looking at the crowd this year that they weren't all necessarily having a good time. 
it's okay so long as he's hitting on someone else, yeah. you know. But I thought he was really tame. I yeah, thought I, th I thought he was, uh, you know, going to be a lot more incendiary. Um, but you know, I guess you could only get to that level. And even with him, he, he maybe he thought that's just about as far as I'm comfortable going. Mm -hmm. And and to do more than that, you might actually feel bad afterward. Uh, and, I don't think he does. I well, I don't know. I don't know the man. How would you know? I mean, you don't know Because he's guy. done it before and he laughs That's at it. That's what I'm saying, though. He's already gotten to that level. Like, for him to actually go over top of it, he's got to have his own level, right? He's got to have uh, his standards where he, he just won't go any farther than that, unless he's you know, completely devoid of any soul. He's a funny guy. Um, he wasn't on there very much either. That's the thing with no. these people who are hosting these events. They actually don't even get a lot of stage time. So I thought he was okay. I was, You know, I'm disappointed in the whole... March toward um, movie greatness for this year because my favorite movie of the year just isn't in the mix. Which is that? Margin Call, which is an outstanding film. And by far, I shouldn't say by far, you know, because there are a lot of really good films. But easily my pick is, is film of the year. Mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey's in it. Paul Bettany. Jeremy Irons is in it. Stanley Tucci. It's terrific. It's about 12 Great or 14. Cast. It's about a 12 or 14 hour snapshot in 2008 of this financial company about to hit ruination and take everybody down with them and what do they do it's a movie about scruples about struggles and it's just conversation driven by great actors it's a terrific film and so i'm a little disappointed that it hasn't been going maybe it's a little too close to the truth and that could be a part of it too yeah. um i saw a couple of movies with with oscar buzz the help which i thought was a, a fabulous movie a, a little cliche a, a lot like driving miss daisy for me right um but very well acted and an interesting story uh, and the other one I saw uh, fairly recently was uh, Midnight in Paris. Uh, I'm a big Woody Allen fan. I, okay. I, I think Woody Allen is a genius. Um, I saw actually a documentary on him fairly recently that uh, it was rather rare because we don't get an awful lot of looks at him behind the scenes. And he opened up quite a bit. And you got a sense of who the guy really was or, or is. The movie itself was okay. It wasn't yeah. great. It was okay. Um, it's gotten an awful lot of buzz, and I think it's more an indication to me of how bad the rest of the the uh, flock of movies is this year. I'm not really a big Owen Wilson fan, no, me but either. oddly enough, I quite like Luke. Go go go! Yeah. Figure that. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I saw Moneyball. It's overrated. That's not to say it's a bad film. You know, and we love sports, but mm -hmm. maybe it's because I thought the Oakland A's, on which and you know Billy Bean's Oakland A's, on which this film is based, I thought they were overrated. The whole money ball process was overrated. We saw here in Toronto that it doesn't always work. Remember the Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's a good film, but it's not a great film, and it doesn't deserve to be in the you know uh, talked about in the same breath as movies that I've seen. The Help, Ides of March, as I said, Margin Call, mm -hmm. um, or even Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I will continue to pound the table and say is a very, very good film. Not Oscar-worthy, but an excellent film. Very much underrated. Got a lot of soul to it. But Moneyball's just a little under overrated. Jonah Hill, he's pretty good in it. Brad Pitt, he's pretty good in it. Great? Nah. You know, it's funny. You didn't mention Cowboys versus Aliens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I saw on a flight back from B.C., and uh, and I had this discussion with somebody else as 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 it has come up again this thought of serving alcohol in movie theaters yeah and I thought well you know what there's a case where if I were hammered that would have been a better movie I I really was looking forward to Cowboys and Aliens and it's 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 terrible uh, but really it's, it. it's terrible it would have been a much better movie had you been sleeping the gist of it.
One of the big headlines I see today, Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker faces recall election. Wow, people really get pissed when the Packers lose, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) True enough. (laughs) I felt for you watching that game on Sunday. Oh, man. And I thought, I know my friend Bill Hayes is such a Packer fan. He's such a Green Bay Packers fan. (laughs) Careful. And I was, I, I, and I, I'm a sympathetic, empathetic kind of person. So when I watch games where I don't really care one way or the other, I do think of the people who do care. And so I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, that was such a. It wasn't just that it was a loss, Don, because I could understand and I, I could even accept last minute field goal. I mean, if I was a New Orleans Saint fan, I might be upset, but I go, you know what? Hey, they did it. Good for them. But that wasn't the case here. The Packers were awful. They, they, they go all season losing, but once. They get home field all the way through to the Super Bowl, and then they lay an egg like that. Yeah. I mean, they were awful. It it it, uh, it does tell you something. I mean, firstly, on any given Sunday, right? Any team can win. I have a whole lot of admiration for Tom Coughlin and what he's done with that Giants team. I don't think they're that good a team, but he's got them going at the right time. Exactly. They they, they weren't terrific in the first half of the season or the first portion of the season. But um, look at in any sport, you know. Hot at the right time, as long as you've been invited to postseason, yep. then, then you can make some things happen. Really stark differences between Aaron Rodgers, who was a machine. A great with, player all year. Brimming with confidence. Maybe the best quarterback season ever. Yes. And he just couldn't get anything going. No. He, the timing was off. He didn't look confident. He wasn't making good decisions. And other guys were screwing up, too. So, uh, look... The Patriots went all the way to the Super Bowl undefeated and lost. It matters what happens deep in the season. Maybe they made a mistake sitting him in in the week week, 17. Right, because then you've got to buy anyway, so it's two weeks for him. I I think in hindsight, that's probably one of the bigger mistakes. But the other thing is, I think one of the things about football, uh, not just at the NFL level, although particularly at the NFL level, is it's a coaching game. Mm. It's very much about how a team prepares, what they're prepared for, for how they change in the middle of the stream. If yeah. they see that a, t- that a team has taken something away from them, they have to somehow uh, react to that in a positive fashion. The Packers weren't able to do that. They were outcoached. I'll, I'll give all the credit in the world to Tom Coughlin. I've often looked at him and gone, I don't see how he's still there. But you know, when you look back on him with the Giants and before that with Jacksonville, he is a tremendous coach. The guy knows what he's doing. He's a great motivator. He looks like a jerk, but clearly that team's behind him. And all power to him. I really wanted to see Green Bay and New Orleans in the NFC Championship. I think a lot of people did who who don't have a rooting interest, really. What a minute. Because I mean, me. they, the game they played earlier this season. Yep. Outstanding, and I was really looking forward to that matchup. And New Orleans, um, they made their own bet in the first half against San Francisco. You talk about a team being prepared. San Francisco's excellent defense was, and they did a nice job. New Orleans shot themselves in the foot because, I mean, you know, turnovers are your domain. you got to protect the football. But San Francisco was well-prepared. But that was a marvelous second half. And it, it made me wonder, why aren't you doing this all game long? I mean, the Saints started throwing deeper patterns because they had to. Guess what? If you did it earlier in the game, you might have been successful too because at the point where you're throwing deeper patterns, the Giants knew uh, – the Giants, the 49ers knew – that uh, you you had to do that, and you still got it done. So you could have played that way earlier in the game, too. No, they see, didn't do it. See, I would argue that while that's true, it's just as much true on the other side. Alex Smith is a guy who was drafted the same year as Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers went 24th to the Packers. He had been thought as potentially the number one guy. Right. The 49ers went with Alex Smith instead, and he's been looked at mostly as a bust since then. 
I thought Jim Harbaugh, the coach, took a guy who had been looked upon as a failure and turned him into what I thought was a pretty good NFL quarterback. Yeah. I think what you saw there was a coach who knows what he's doing, has the confidence to do it, and has probably saved a career. Alex Smith will be a quarterback, mark my words, you have to watch him over the next few years because he's finally in a situation where he can succeed. I thought it was great. Um, so this weekend, you've got San Francisco uh, hosting the New York Giants. I don't. I, honestly, I'm not going to make a prediction on that. Two really good teams. They've got home field. It'd be easy to say San Francisco. I don't know what's going to happen. There. You know I what I want? I want a good game. What about the other one, Baltimore or New England? I hate the Ravens. I. You know what? I don't hate the Ravens, but I don't like Ray Lewis for many, many reasons. Oh, murder would be one. Well, watching... You know, somebody get killed and then just zipping his lips is the main reason. But mm -hmm. he's, you know, beyond. Well, I think that just plays into his character. He's a jerk. And so I, I can't root for the Ravens, so I'll go for the Patriots. Well, I, and I think the Patriots will win. I think the Patriots probably will win. I, I will agree with that. But if there's something I'd like to see, it's Harbaugh versus Harbaugh in the Super Bowl. So I'll go San Francisco and Baltimore. Yeah, you know what? And they met earlier in the regular season, of course, but it would be different. Oh, boy, would that ever be painful what a in the story. Harbaugh household. Yeah, yeah it would. So, um, all right. Um, we'll see what happens this weekend. But um, as long as we get good games, I'm happy. I, I, I've said it before. I think I don't really have a rooting interest in the National Football League. I have a bunch of teams that I kind of like and a bunch of teams that I dislike. But never one team really caught my fancy, at least not yet in the National Football League. I hate to say this to you, but even before Sunday – over the last couple of years or so, I've been finding a bit of a soft spot for the New York Giants for oh, some reason. That's it. We're done. <laughs> uh, one last thing. Hey, Vince Lombardi had a soft spot for them, too, yeah. so I can be forgiven. Okay, I'll give you that. One last thing to, to kind of bring this all around and put some closure to it. The Harbaugh's mom and dad, I don't know the mother's name, but the dad is Jack Harbaugh. He was yeah. a great coach in his own right. Lives in Wisconsin, and I'm pretty sure that that's going to mean <laughs> Scott Walker's out. <laughs> Don, today we are at a distinct disadvantage. We have no access to Wikipedia. As a matter of fact, nobody does. Well, there are a few exceptions, but for the most part, nobody does because Wikipedia is taking 24 hours off to protest a bill that is currently making its way through Congress. Actually, it's two bills, uh, but the one that's the most important is SOPA, so it's been called. Uh, it's the uh, Stop Online Piracy Act. The other is PIPA. Uh, which is uh, it, it more has more to do with IP addresses. The idea of this is that content providers like movie studios or or uh, music uh, companies can stop offshore sites from selling any of their products to Americans. It's it's a form of censorship in a place that. Oh, to this not. point, oh, it very much it's not is a form of censorship. It's a form of market control. There's well, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, the money's supposed to go to the people who create whatever is being sold. The point that they're getting at, and the reason why these guys are so upset about it, is it's the start of putting up walls so that you can't get stuff on the internet. Now, I understand the idea. We've had this discussion before, I think, about when it was with Napster, what it is with other different types of torrents. Uh, and that the taking of copyrighted material free of charge. Is it theft? In some cases it is. In some cases it's more research. I understand the arguments behind it. 
I also understand why it is that Reddit and Wikipedia and everybody else is so concerned because once you get some kind of legislation that allows someone to in any way censor what's going on in the internet, you've started something and you don't know where it's going it. to be. They I, are, though. I object to that characterization. Again, as I say, this is just it's a step toward ensuring that the money goes to the proper place. Let me give you, let's say this podcast grew leaps and bounds and mm -hmm. became the most popular thing on the internet. And we were only seeing a small fraction of the profits that we should realize in creating it because other people were deciding that it should be for free and other people were going to get it for free. Would that not, as I like to say once in a while, frost your Calvinator bill? And would, you know, is there anything wrong with trying to control where the money is going, and it should be going to the people who, uh, in good conscience, create a product, not the people who can sh hit shift alt whatever and steal it. Well, the problem here, though, is it, it, it's more the idea. The original way this was was one letter could get you to close down a website. One letter. That's censorship. And part of this is, if you're going to have something like that, you have to have a process in place. If you want to do something to me, be it a website or me personally, you have to go to court. I have to have my day in court. I have to explain why you can't do those things. And this doesn't allow for that. It's not censorship. It's a very different thing. Censorship is me telling you or anyone, you can't put something on the internet of your own making, your own opinion. This is this is dealing with theft, plain and simple. Okay, and it's me... not a slippery slope. Look, I, I I'm tired of hearing the phrase slippery slope too. There is no slippery slope. There is a slope, but it's not slippery, and you can get traction anytime you like. Just because you take one step towards this doesn't mean, oh my God, you're heading to the bottom of the hill on your toboggan out of control and you're gonna crash into a maple tree. Well, here's the thing. Uh, like a lot of people. I am not a fan of something like this. I believe that if you want to stop, let's just use a further example of you and I. Let's just say on one of our websites, we happen to like a song. So we put it up. You can download it free. All right. Well, according to this, you can close down my website. That makes sense? All right. That's a little heavy handed. Yeah, but but you that's should, the whole point. But you should. All right. Well, then, uh, well, see, I'm understanding a little more, which is what the great thing about conversation is, Bill. I mean, then it's a little bit of a heavy handed bill is what you're saying. Exactly. All right. Fine. But so we might actually agree philosophically here. And as I understand more clearly what's going on here. All right. The bill has to be watered down a little bit. Well, you, what it has to if you're going to put teeth in something, it can't be just teeth from one side. There has to be. Uh, you know, uh, to every action, an equal reaction. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'm all about reason. So with your example, you know, putting a song up and then, then shutting your website down. No, I would be steadfastly against that kind of punishment. But should you be punished? Fined because you stole a song? Sure you should. Of course you should. You should have known better. Well, here, it, it, to me, what you're really saying is it's kind of like that question. Hey, ma'am, would you like to have sex free for $5? No. How about a million dollars? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and how about 300000 Well, no, you said a million. No, no, no. We've agreed now what you are. Now we're just haggling on price. Exactly.
Well, it's kind of hard to believe, but yep, that's it for another week. As always, we dipped our toes into a whole lot of different oceans. That's what we do. But you know how it is with toes. Sometimes we stumble. That's why we're always looking for feedback from you. Unless, you know, we don't like it. <laughs> uh, that's not true. We're not that way. No, I'm not sure what, uh, what Don's going to be doing right now. But me, I'm looking for a glory hole. Donut. For Don Landry, I'm Bill Hayes. That's the gist of it. And that's the gist of it for another week. The gist of it is available every Wednesday afternoon through iTunes or at DonLandry.com.